Hello. Good afternoon on this Sunday afternoon. Hard Talk Radio. So let's get on with the first story about Young Thug facing new charges, new RICO charges in Fulton County. Let's get into it. Hard Talk Radio, live in 4K. My thing is this, I mean, you making money, why couldn't you invest it? Why couldn't you have an accountant there? The whole point of like, when you get out of, you know, getting out of the street life is to do better, but they still want to do street activity and not understand that you're going to go down, especially in Atlanta. This is down south where they make up their own laws and it's these are commonwealth states which means they make up their own laws and you will do some serious time. A machine gun. Right now Young Thug is in jail waiting for his trial. He's one of more than two dozen people charged in connection with this case. Investigators have said they believe YSL is a criminal street gang and have charged the defendants in connection with a number of crimes in Atlanta, including several shootings and violent assaults. But Young Thug's attorney previously argued there's no foundation for these accusations and he's being punished based on his rap lyrics and social media posts. I did reach out. If your social media posts are incriminating, then they could use that. Back to Young Thug's attorney for a comment today on these new charges. I'm still waiting for a response. I mean, I don't know, man. He's ending up, he's facing some serious charges. And he may not, he, he's not going to get out. Okay? And crazy enough, you have these fans who still want to root for Young Thug. Never mind that this man is helping to destroy your community, spreading cocaine brainwashing you with his rap lyrics but they don't care they even threatened the DA that's trying this case they don't care about their freedom and then you got young thug trying to have a petition to beg people to I don't know what that's going to accomplish to sign a petition to keep him from keep the, the FBI from using his lyrics in the case Okay, trying to say it's discrimination it's a, it's a war against black music And this is how it's come to be It's come to Stereotype blacks as criminals And think they're above the law That's what It's breeding racism I don't know if people understand that His actions What he's trying to do to escape accountability 
is actually breeding racism and a wedge between ethnic groups and showing blacks in a bad light. Just a thought, just a thought. Okay? Just a thought. Well, let's get into the other story about this Atlanta single mother and mother of six kids and she was brutally stabbed. Let's let's get into that story right now. It's 731. Uh, we've been telling you that this vigil was held last night for a mother of six who was stabbed to death on Saturday morning. She's 34 years old. Her name, Ashley Lockhart, was found in her minivan. She had been stabbed on Saturday on the 5300 block of Chestnut Street. Hours later, police charged 34-year-old Raymond Thompson, the father of her children, her longtime partner there. He is before this incident occurred. She did have a protection from abuse order against him, but as so often the case, um, you know, he's the father of her six children. Mm -hmm. Uh, They still live together and still spent time. Uh, Pastor William Brownlee. Six kids. Six kids. I don't know, man. All these kids from one man. You guys probably weren't, weren't doing too well. Ladies, you have to make better choices in the men that you pick. Six kids. This man does not. Uh, I'll, I'll let you. You know, you're gonna. You're gonna. I'll let this play out. Then I'll make my commentary. Is here, uh, senior pastor of Emmanuel Christian Center over in West Philadelphia, uh, Ashley's first cousin. Um, thanks for coming in. Thanks. For I know it's tough. Yeah. I cannot believe you and I are sitting next to each other. 48 hours after you and I were together in a park in Germantown on Saturday at an anti-violence mm-hmm. gathering, a community day. It was such a beautiful day. You got up and spoke about what we can do about gun violence and, and just violence in general in our city. And you walk off the stage and get a call, right? Yes, sir. And what were you told? That my cousin was murdered. He was found murdered in a van, which was very tragic to me. I, I was shocked. Like, wait, what? Not, not my cousin, not Ashley. Because her knowing that she's loved by everyone, it was a very tragic news. You know, she loved everybody. I mean, she loved Raymond. She loved him profoundly. She loved, she loved the man who yes. killed her. You know, Mike, oftentimes love says, I love you, even if you have the capacity to love me back. So she was an unconditional love. Um, and one thing about her, she fought for him. And she was the one who loved her children. I'm talking from my experience of Ashley, her being one of my first members of Emmanuel Christian Center. I mean, Pastor, can you pray for me and, me and the kids and Raymond? Can you pray for us? Uh, praying for them constantly. But when love is not reciprocated, Mike, that's when it becomes dangerous. She yeah. was on a, on drugs. Yeah, mentally. A powerful drug. 
mental issues and drug abuse. So these things is, is what is prevalent in our community. And if we don't deal with this root, it'll continue to spread. Our mental issues and drug abuse. But when love is not reciprocated, like, that's when it becomes dangerous. He yeah. was on, uh, on drugs. Yeah. Powerful is, drugs. Mental issues and drug abuse. So these things is, is what is prevalent in our community. And if we don't deal with this root, it'll continue to spread. So let's just look at those beautiful little girls because um, they're, it's just heartbreaking because we think, like, what happens to these children? They're all under the age, six of them under the age yeah, of ten, eight. eight oh, to ten. Yeah, to yeah. ten. All the way down to five months. And you look at these beautiful faces and these girls with, like, all of this beautiful potential and they can do anything. But now their mom is dead and their dad will be in jail. And now what happens? It's like our, our hearts break for them. Yeah, my desire is that um, the city of Philadelphia really helps stay together with the family uh, because you know growing up we were me and my cousins were all split because of the death of our family all of our aunts and uncles and my mom died mm. my grandmother's children died in age water mm. and so with us being split like that it caused a lot of division mm-hmm. and uh, we've all grown up separately different ways and so it was hard to stay intact stay in touch so my desire my prayer is that the city helps us fight and kill this generational curse of division and that we stay, they stay together because I understand we're all mad of, of, at Raymond, but he's still the father, the living parent, that these kids have to grow up to one day face and say, where's my father? So my prayer is that there's no retaliation, there's reconciliation, that forgiveness still happens because there's something called a generational retaliation. Mm-hmm. If we continue to retaliate, it's going to, the children's children are going to start, you know, retaliate against them. We got, we got to stop it at the root. So my prayer is that we all fight together and the system of help us to keep the kids together with the family. How do you keep your faith going? Um, uh, constant prayer and lower my expectations. How so? What do you mean by Because that? oftentimes we expect highly of people and things versus expecting highly of things God. And so the more I lower my expectations of people and rely on God, when people do what they do, flaws and all, I'm accepting of it. So right. the difference between acceptance and expectation, I learn how to accept what comes and expect less on what I desire from people. So my prayer freezes from God. That's how I keep my faith right. Yeah. It's also such a cautionary tale because there's so many women that are in that same circumstance. You love your abuser. And it's very complicated. And love is very complicated. And sometimes, you know, if they really love you, they shouldn't also hurt you. But there's many different layers there that's going on. Maybe they're keep the family stable or whatever the situation is. And it can be so hard to get out. What would you want other women to hear that are in this situation that know this is like, you know, what do you want to tell them? To see the signs. To see the signs. And I think that and what we have in our church is domestic violence abuse unit. We have to be able to uh, bring awareness to these signs. And I think that we suffer from a lack of knowledge. If we don't, as a community, bring these signs. My, my thing is this. If you know this guy was like bad news if you guys knew I mean she had six kids you you guys didn't know he was bad when the first one popped out the second one popped out six kids you can't tell me you guys didn't know anything about this dude like the church couldn't be like you know what you, you need to make a decision you need to be like 
end the relationship with Raymond. No, end it. If he wants to be with you, he'll straighten up. The man was on drugs. The man has mental illness. Why didn't anybody say anything? Six kids. One, two, three, four, five, six. I don't get it. One after the, it takes nine months to make a child each. Why didn't anybody say anything? Why didn't anybody just say, listen, Ashley, it's time to stop. I don't, I, I don't know. I, I just, there's so much here that, there, there's so much here that's not being said. I just have to say, there's so much here not being said. And I just, I feel that the church dropped the ball. I feel the pastor dropped the ball. I, I, I just, I, I feel that that's what happened. They didn't tell her Ashley the truth. They didn't show some tough love. And that's what, when you coddle people who keep making mistakes, I'm not saying the children are mistakes. By no means I'm saying that. But you're bringing them into an environment that they will suffer. Six souls. I have to say something here. You're going to think I'm judgmental. I don't care because I just don't see how you let this gap where six kids could be produced and nobody said anything to her. No one pulled her to the side. No one checked her. Nothing. She's on the money. She's on the money here. She's definitely on the money. Do you have some women, not all, but you do have those women who like bad boys. And unfortunately, due to the environment that Ashley's in, because this usually happens with low-income environments, regardless of ethnicity, but I know I'm going to have some racist jerks that are going to try to come in here and say, oh, it's only black. No, 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 no. This happened in the trailer park. This happens in... Um, Actually, it could also happen in pretty um, affluent uh, families, too. All right? It could happen. Where the father will end up deleting the mother. There's actually a famous story about a doctor who did that um, to his wife, but his 11-year-old son uh, memorized everything about that night and got him convicted. Check it out. But anyway, back to this. I mean, it, it's she's telling the truth. Typically happens, you 
And so it's like the protectiveness disorder. So they always say a piece of paper is not going to protect you. So a lot of times it's up to the prosecutor to prosecute the case, even if the victim drops the charges, which is what we see constantly. He's right. It's not going to protect you. I mean, these women have to think for themselves. And uh, I'm sorry, six kids. I don't know when an epiphany was supposed to happen. Six kids. You had sex with this dude six times raw. I'm blunt. I'm sorry. It just doesn't make sense. I'm sorry. It just it just doesn't. It doesn't. I can understand one, two, but six. And nobody put their foot down and said, listen, no more. You're going to live with us. We're cutting all communication with this man who is your kid's father. You don't get a phone. All right? You don't get a phone because we know you're going to call him and put us all in danger. You don't get a phone. You work. We pick you up. You don't get a phone. And in worst case scenario, she doesn't want to adhere to that. Um, just be ready to adopt the kids. That's it. People sometimes dig their own grave. That's all I can say. Because just reading about this story on um, online on web uh, on social media was very, very frustrating. It just was. It was extremely frustrating reading this story. Look at her Instagram. Something weird I didn't really understand. As your mom, you have STDs? That don't make any sense. Me, look at her with a blank stare. As your, because you're a neat freak and like to stay clean. Me, you mean OCD. Okay, that's what it meant. This just doesn't. I'm sorry, it just doesn't. It, I, I just. It doesn't make any freaking sense to me. It just doesn't. If you really cared about this family, someone would jump in. That's all I that's all I can say. Someone would jump in. Alright. Let's go into um, what's happened in uh, Lebanon. Just the ish, man. The ish. The ish just been irking the hell out of me, bro. I couldn't be a, I couldn't be a caseworker. I couldn't be a social worker. I I would literally be taking people under my wing, and I literally would probably get in trouble because I would be doing probably doing um, above and beyond. I probably would. That I I, I would because I know I know what would be coming out of this. I know the end result. Sounds like a movie, you know, a good indie movie, this story. Let's get into it. A man basically, you know, 
held the bank hostage over his own money. Well, let's get into what he had to say. And now let me ask you a question. How far would you go for your money? Your monthly salary? the point of setting yourself on fire that's all I got to say I don't see a point to that This is 
the second such case in Lebanon this year. In the month of January, another annual deposit of prices to the Marine Dow's customers was sealed, demanding his life savings. He got what he wanted. He too overcame the community. And the show has broken new vows in the Lebanese economy. The downfall began in 2019. Lebanon beat Fortune on Fortune Daily. The Lebanese pound crashed. Banks were drawn to restrictive legal approaches and policies. Then came the pandemic, which aggravated the crisis. Annual inflation surged to record highs. Foreign reserves fell to record lows. The government started running out of money to import essentials. Tourism is the mainstay of the Lebanese economy. It accounted for 7% of the GDP. Wuhan virus lockdown destroyed tourism. The 2020 Beijing blasts made things even worse. You may remember these images. On the 4th of August 2020, a large amount of ammonium nitrate exploded at the port of Beirut. More than 200 people died. An estimated 300,000 became homeless. The damages were worth $15 billion. The blast destroyed Beirut's food silos. Today, Lebanon's economy looks beyond repair. The currency has collapsed. One dollar is now equal to 1,500 Lebanese pounds. Government debt stands at 155% of the country's GDP. Only $11 billion are left in foreign reserves, and with banks paralyzed, people have been locked out of their accounts. See, here's the thing, right? <clears throat> what people are not aware of, probably, is the fact there's going to come a time when the banks are going to withhold your money. That's going to be one scary time, because it's already happening in China. Okay, they have to put tanks out there to keep people from trying to get their money. I'm going to say this again. In China, they already have tanks out there blocking people from getting their money. All right. Something really bad is going to happen, and it's going to happen here in the U.S. that you're not going to be able to get your money. One day you're going to try and get your money, and you're, you're not going to be able to get it. Okay? It already happened with a woman in Bank of America. And she ended up reporting to a mainstream news company, and um, she was able to get her money back. All right? But they're planning to do that. Okay? Because China was messing around and they were fast and loose and with their banking and just fell apart and when it comes to their banking um, they can't pay the construct the contractors the construction contractors and a lot of people are not refusing to pay their mortgage in China so things are going to get really bad okay it really is to be discussing this heist that just happened. Absolutely crazy, man. Absolutely crazy.
This reminds me of a story that I did that I did a, a a video on. It was on the story of Destiny Harrison, and she was a beauty supply owner in Baltimore. Now, the first time they hit, they stole at least I think five thousand dollars worth of weave products. They beat her up pretty bad. Um, the second time, they took her life, shot her right in front of her one-year-old daughter. And what was really shocking was the fact at the memorial service, the mother said to the crowd, you know who did it. Confess, you know who did it. You know who shot my daughter. 27-year-old, owns her beauty supply store, and that's how she goes out. Black businesses cannot do black business in the hood. They just cannot do it. It's not safe. It's not worth it. Okay? I don't care who hurt over it I remember watching another video of a man teeth busted lip bleeding and he had his own business and people robbed him and he asked why his own people robbed him why you cannot have black businesses in low income parts of the hood you have to have it in rich areas let them come to you but have armed security a sad story at least the owner is alive in this one there was another story of a black man who owned a mcdonald's and he lost his life sad it really it really is all right
next story coming up. Alright. Moscow tells the precision ammunition explosives, but now there is growing evidence that Ukraine. 
carried out this assault, and Russia has launched a deadly counterattack. Russian forces have conducted rocket strikes, and that's been near a nuclear power plant. 14 civilians have died in this operation. World leaders fear much worse things, a nuclear disaster. The United Nations Security Council has called an emergency meeting. This could be another Chernobyl. And America is to blame because America is funding Ukraine. This is our cover story tonight. We start with Crimea. Today we got a closer look at the Russian base in Crimea thanks to some satellites in space. I have some pictures for you. This is what Russia's Saki Air Base looked like before the blast. There was a runway and multiple aircraft surrounded by green spaces. This is what Russia's air base looked like before. And this is what it looks like now. The entire base has been flattened, presumably by bombs. Warplanes have been blown up. And these seven Russian jets look completely destroyed. There are large craters in the area. The leader of Crimea has shared the scale of the damage. His name is Sergei Akshonovas. He's a pro-Russian leader. This is what he said. Unfortunately, we have 14 injured and one dead. We express our condolences to the families and loved ones. We have 62 multi-story buildings damaged. The inspection of individual residences is now being completed. There will be information about the damages there within a couple of hours. The explosions have been declared an emergency situation of regional significance. The number of people in temporary accommodation facilities is 252. They are all being provided with food. All accommodation standards are being met. Brief intermission, brief intermission. So no one, so one person in fact has died, 14 are injured, 62 multi-story buildings are damaged, more than 250 people have been moved to shelters. Remember, Russia claimed the damage was minimal, but these pictures and statements contradict those claims. The Russian base has suffered extensive damage. A simple explosion would not have done this. This, like I said, was a targeted strike, one that was most likely launched by Ukraine. Now remember, Kiev refuses to take responsibility, at least on the record. But off the record, senior Ukrainian military officials are talking, and we have some details. They say Ukraine's special forces were involved in this operation, and they were not working alone. Local resistance fighters in Crimea joined them in this mission. They're called partisans. They're like a group of guerrilla fighters. And this wasn't their first joint operation. Increasingly, Ukraine's forces are working with them, but they're involved only for specific missions. What kind of missions? Like targeted attack behind enemy lines. So where have these partisans struck before? One of their recent operations was in Kherson. This is a major economic center in South Ukraine, or it used to be at least. Now Russians control it. Ukraine has been trying to take it back. The partisans were involved in recent operations there. They targeted Russian bases and ammunition depots in Kherson. So that's the story of what happened in Crimea. Volodymyr Zelensky, the president of Ukraine, is raising the stakes. Yesterday he was talking about taking Crimea back. Today he's eyeing the Donbass region. It's almost 43,000 dead Russians 
soldiers do not convince the Russian commander by the way out of the war, then no fighting is needed. More results convince them. Only yesterday the occupiers lost 10 aircraft, 9 in Crimea, and 1 in Zaporizhia region. You know the one way that Putin's going to see? Because he already threatened the U.S. to stay out of supporting the Ukraine. He's gonna. He may see the one way to um, deal with this situation is to cut off the bank that Zelensky sits on, and that's the U.S. government. And something tells me we might all pay for this government's hand in supporting Zelensky and his white supremacist Azov battalion, because that's the only reason. <clears throat> why Zelensky is still fighting okay that is the only reason you gotta cut off his supply and that's what Russia is going to do they're gonna get tired of the US and they're gonna come for us that's what's gonna happen let's not forget that we did have a nuclear bomb threat commercial you know last month and how to prepare for it and how, how to act if it happens just letting you know come when they will see the Kharkiv region Donbass, Crimea and everyone who can help with that must do so my Almost six months of war and a lot of lost territory later, it's hard to fathom where this confidence comes from. Sounds more like his final gamble. Because Russia is not taking any of this lightly. It has upped the ante, and this time with a nuclear threat. Ukraine's Zaporizhia nuclear plant is under fire, and this plant is under Russian control. It has been since March. In recent weeks, this nuclear plant has seen multiple attacks. The latest one was yesterday. Russian forces fired rockets from here. Let me repeat that. The Russians fired rockets from a nuclear plant in Ukraine. Not one or two, but 80 rockets, eight zero. Their target was the town of Maranets. 14 civilians died in the strike. Residential neighborhoods, apartment blocks, and administrative buildings were all damaged. And this does not even begin to cover how serious the situation is. The constant firing around this nuclear plant is a matter of concern. And this isn't just any other plant. The Zaporizhia nuclear plant is the largest in Europe. It has around 500 Russian soldiers now that turned the plant into a military base. Ukraine has tried to take it back and now they've come to blows here. The attacks and counterattacks are taking place extremely close to critical safety systems. Ukraine to take control of the plant. 
Premier voted to join the Russian Federation, but the West doesn't actually support democracy. No, they don't. They support what Zelensky's doing, like killing journalists who talk about the truth, who dare to tell the truth. Our country supports white supremacy. They support Nazi ideas. After all, after World War II, they brought over Nazi scientists over to the U.S. Um, for the arms race in the Cold War. That just goes to show the true colors of the American government. And um, they were against uh, fighting against white supremacy. Just goes to show. That's not, oh yeah, our country supported, you know, white supremacy Ukraine for eight years. So there's that. The UN Security Council has called an emergency briefing. Fun fact, guess who's the current president of the UNSC? China. All the weird forums are just to make dramatic statements with Ukraine. Both Russia and China have the veto power. So any hopes of de-escalation because of such meetings are weak. The fact is, as this war intensifies, the world faces a greater risk of nuclear disaster. stepping out of China. He did go to Hong Kong in June, but that barely counts as a foreign visit. Which one does? Reports say Xi Jinping is traveling to Saudi Arabia. He's expected to arrive next week. Now, why is this visit important? Well, you already know one reason, we told you. Since the Wuhan virus pandemic, Xi Jinping has not left Chinese soil. His first trip outside the mainland was in the month of June. He traveled to Hong Kong. Other than that, zero state visits for almost 940 days. She could have picked any country to end that streak, but he picked Saudi Arabia. It tells you where he is focusing. Another reason is that Joe Biden was there last month. The U.S. president visited Saudi Arabia in the month of July. It was underwhelming, to say the least. No grand welcome, no intimate displays. It was like, it was all very businesslike. Reports say Xi Jinping's welcome will not be like that. He is expected to make three stops in Saudi Arabia, the capital Riyadh, the coastal resort town of Jeddah, and finally Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman's dream project, the mega city of Mio. Plans are apparently underway for a grand reception. Thousands of Chinese banners are expected to be hoisted. Hundreds of dignitaries are being invited. Many are comparing it to Donald Trump's reception back in 2017. You might remember that. Now that was a royal welcome. Trump was received silver swords, extravagant gifts, and a strange yet regal glowing orb. Xi Jinping is expected to get a similar welcome. Compare that to what Joe Biden got, a lonely welcome at the airport, a damp fist. Trying to get that part with the glowing orb. How many of you remember The Simpsons? Remember that part in The Simpsons where they had that glowing orb? I don't know, man. I'm going to, hey, conspiracy theories are now conspiracy facts. And sometimes I would think that, you know, <clears throat> Simpsons are onto something, man. Who knows? They, they even had a part where they said a particular president would be deleted. I'm not going to say his name. If you watch The Simpsons, you know who 
who that person is. It's sad, but he's a guy that doesn't want to play ball. And they want you to be under their control. And no promises on increasing oil output. Makes you wonder, what is Saudi Arabia up to? After all, the U.S. is their most important strategic partner. Even today, almost 60% of their weapons come from America. So why is Saudi Arabia pivoting east? We can think of three reasons. Number one is oil. In recent years... Okay, I'm going to cut this, and I'm going to go over to my next story. I don't want this to drag on. So, come on, man. the U.S. has become energy independent. They produce energy domestically, which is not the case with China. Beijing continues to rely on energy imports. In fact, they're the largest buyers of Saudi Arabian oil. Take a look at the comparison here. China buys crude worth $24 billion from Saudi Arabia. The U.S. is $6.5 billion. So Riyadh is playing the smart economic game here. Reason number two is the power vacuum in West Asia. The U.S. is gradually withdrawing from the region. Their new focus is the Pacific, and that's bad news for the Arab states. It leaves them exposed to Iran and its proxies. Joe Biden has accelerated the spirit. He froze U.S. military support for the war in Yemen. He also slowed down defense exchanges. So what does Saudi Arabia do? Find an alternative. Reason number three is policy certainty. China did condemn the murder of Jamal Khashoggi. Did not, rather. They don't care about women's rights or minority rights or the war in Yemen. All they care about is political and strategic gains, and that works very well for Crown Prince MBS. With the U.S., he must pretend to care about human rights. With China, he doesn't have to. Which brings us to Xi Jinping. What is he hoping to achieve with this visit? China don't care, man. China don't care. They'll go over to your country, make a bunch of make your women single mothers, then leave. They'll throw your people into shark-infested waters, kick you out into, uh, kick you out of your homes. Those people are ruthless and they are racist. That's that's how it goes. All right, let me go on to the next one. I find this one very interesting.
The reason why they're going to go after the middle class and they're not going to go after the wealthy because the wealthy could afford the lawyers to combat the IRS, which they've been doing for a long time. If you have a lot of money, you could um, be able to go against the government. So they're going to go against the poor people. You're going to go against the middle class and the upper class, the ones who really can't afford the lawyers to protect yourself against the IRS. 
So it's going to be, a, they already said it's going to be a point where they're going to try and crush and eliminate the middle class where it's only going to be the, the haves and the have-nots. So, with this going on, and the fact that, you know, they want to extract people's data, I don't know why they would need to be armed to do so, okay? I don't see a point in being armed to go and collect tax data, okay? I don't, I really don't see it. I mean, why, why would you need to go and try to get tax data at gunpoint? Why, why would you need to do that? That's my thing, you know? But they're also saying now, uh, you have, um, people saying that it's best now to invest in gold. It's best to do that now. To invest in gold and to try to do your due diligence and to get it to get as much as possible. Okay? Because the American government is trying to move people away from the dollar to go digital. So where that leaves for many Americans is to invest in gold. Just like Putin is pushing his people to invest in gold. Okay? Because they are trying to crush... The American citizens. Okay. So I'll read this article right here. Alright. Alright, right here. Let's go on. Let's see, let's see, let's see. I'll say this again. I never thought I would be living through this day. I mean, living through these days. I never thought. I thought 
that 2019 will be a good year and then things happen as we all know and things just changed things changed and there's no going back people's dreams have been shattered families have been broken businesses have been destroyed and there is no going back deception on a massive scale I try not to think about it because it will have you breaking down so all you could do is push forward IRS seeks armed accountants ready for deadly force even before Congress and President Joe Biden gave the final okay for the IRS to hire 87,000 more agents in an 80 billion package where is all this money when you know people are starving and they can't feed their families and you have the audacity to send money over to Ukraine the tax agency is revealing a priority to job category that could get first dibs on a huge budget expansion on its jobs page is a list of vacancies for special agents to be placed around the country to root out financial fraud. But these openings are for more than just financial experts. They will also be armed among the job requirements listed to carry a firearm and be willing to use deadly force if necessary. Special agents who can be placed around the nation and the world have, been, have an interesting job according to the IRS description. There are final financial analysts and armed officers ready for a shootout. Why would you be ready for a shootout? Doesn't, doesn't make any sense. <clears throat> Essays are known for their financial investigative expertise in areas such as tax fraud, public corruption, cyber crimes, narcotics, terrorism, and much more. Today's sophisticated schemes demand the analytical ability to, of financial investigators to trace transactions through complex financial records, said the agency wants the trail. They once on the trail, they must be willing and able to participate in arrests, execution of search warrants, and other dangerous assignments. They have to work a minimum of 50 hours and be on call 24-7. And they have to look good. Why would you have to... Hmm. There's something else they are looking for something else that's what you have to be looking for that's how all I could see it because you have to be taking something more than just financial data that's how I see it you have to be taking something more than just you know their uh, tax information but that's the end of the stream all right, I hope you enjoyed it. Okay. And that's about it. Like, share, comment, and subscribe. Later. All right, so uh, that's the end of my...